Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, a, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. from Eden Hazard, Kai Havertz in the Champions League final, Ivanovic! In the middle, it's just behind him, but it's by Hakim Ziyech. Matic with the ball driver! It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... Ooh, we've got a Friday show on a Thursday, because, hey, you'll want to watch the FA Cup game tomorrow. Oh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a, a virtual room filled with lions. I've got Ollie. I've got Chris. Uh, it's the Friday show on a Thursday, and... That means I'm going to ask the question, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, I, I, My daughter's actually going to have a game this week. Oh, uh, no, no frozen pitch? No, we're on an artificial pitch. Oh, we're, on, we're, on, we're on a 3G, so it's actually going ahead. We're actually wow. going to get a game. It's the second game in nearly three months. So wow. I'm surprised health and safety let people play in this cold. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Oh man. Oh, I mean, what about what about you, Ollie? What you, is it a quiet one? Do you know what it is actually? <gasps> uh, wow. uh, but you know, what I, I realise what I, what a, a lot of when I say I'm having a quiet weekend, uh, it, it usually means I'm I'm doing chores and planning my wedding. <laughs> oh, <wow>. that's <laughs> usually what it means uh, but, but just a quiet one is, is an easier thing to say <laughs> yeah. oh man uh for me nfl conference games i'm excited for the conference championships I'm like, <laughs> they're both at sunday and one of them i can't watch because i'll be in bed asleep for work early in the morning but the first one first one i can watch and that is good enough for me i'll take that and that would be chiefs at ravens so we'll see how that plays out right time to hit the news Oh, it's that time of the week. We're going to check out the news you may have missed in the elevator of Chelsea news. Chelsea are interested in Aston Villa forward Jean Duran. Karen Benzema has been offered to Chelsea after being asked to train away from the main group by Al Etihad head coach Marcello Gallardo. Chelsea are monitoring Lena Oberdorf. Chelsea women are closing in on the signing of Levante striker Maya Ramirez to replace the injured Sam Kerr. Canada's Jesse Fleming is set to leave Chelsea and join Portland Thorns for around £250,000. Thiago Silva is also set to leave Chelsea come the end of the season. And finally, Jordan Brand, the Jordan brand, is in negotiations with Chelsea and Spurs. And the key condition is apparently whoever's in a European Cup next season. Jordan would Spurs then. <laughs> <I'll be laughs> Jordan would prefer Chelsea due to its greater recognition as a football brand and past success. And I realised that on Twitter, someone went, Jordan Brand was like a name because the B was capital and I can't unsee it now. <laughs> yes, Jordan Brand, are in the go. Who is, who is that wonder kid? <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, the oh. American wonder kid from the 80s. <laughs> Jordan Brand. Oh, so, so, I mean, what from this week's news grabbed your attention? Uh, there was actually, actually something as well that you didn't mention that um, you, you mentioned Sam Kerr. It also does look like now that her contract is going to get wrapped up um so happy to extend uh so you know that's that's a great that's great news for us all because yeah. for a minute there we weren't really sure you know like and she got injured and we know how the ownership can be with 
with players who are injured or not necessarily like in the team, especially when there's contract negotiations happening. So, but it seems to have been resolved pretty quick, and um, and hopefully it, it gets confirmed soon. Yeah, that, I mean that's the, that's the best news, really. I mean, yeah. can't say fairer than that because that way, you know, it shows that the club care about her as a a person, not just a player. Because obviously, yeah. the rehab and everything is gonna it's gonna suck. It's not it's not a nice rehab. And on top of that, you also I think people forget that when when that contract ends, they have no obligation to. Take, you know, do the rehabilitation and the doctors and everything else. And if no club was to take her on, that's that's quite dramatic. So I'm really glad that that's been sorted on on a human side as well. Because yeah, it, it's the right it, thing to do. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, above all else. Yeah, and she's, I think what yeah, I think what people forget as well, especially in women's football, is they are not the multi-millionaire footballers no. that mm-hmm. like Premier League players are. Well, it's so. like, like you say, um, that um, Jesse Fleming is only being bought for two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. If you can name me yeah. any Premier League footballer that this season that has transferred for two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, I, I mean, you just you can't. There aren't any. No, no, that's a that's a point. weekly wage now. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's crazy. I mean, it, it's obviously the, the the record fee ever paid for a, a, a female player is when Kira Walsh went to Barcelona from City, and that was for four hundred thousand. Is that really what? The, is that really what the? Um, That's the highest. The, the record is. Yeah. That's the record. It just is, shows how it shows how long of a way to go there is. Well, the rumor is that obviously when we sign. Ramirez, she will become the new record breaker at 500 because apparently the release clause was 500,000 euros. So I'm guessing when you convert that down, it'll be just be a you great what record. We, we need to be doing like in terms of women's football for a strategy, what we're doing with the men's team at the moment, we should be doing with the women's team because even the most expensive, best, you know, female football wonder kid out there is going to be like 50 quid. So like, <laughs> yeah, what? it's so true. Yeah, so why not? I don't I, know. I, why not? I mean, you saying about signings and wonder kids, John Duran, he seems to be perfect oh, for Chelsea because he's injured. <laughs> he's picked up an it's injury, just, and I just thought that's perfect. Some of our medical team are on uh, on a loan move, aren't they? At Villa, all of a sudden, like we'll get some early working. It, it, it's not going to happen now with the injury, I doubt. No, I doubt it. I mean, this move didn't have me hungry like the wolf. I can tell you that. Oh, hey. It was such a bad move, though, isn't it? I mean, this is a player. It doesn't seem right. No, this is a player who can't get in the Villa team. No. And we're going, we'll have him. Yeah, we're very good at that. (laughs) What a fucking stupid idea. It doesn't make any sense, especially when you've got, we've got David Washington, we've got, David Dutra Fafana, we've got Jimmy J. Morgan in the academy. Like, it, it, I feel like we'd just be buying him for buying him's sake. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it doesn't well. feel to me like he has any. I don't think he has anything he can do that any of our current strikers, or if we get Osherman, Osherman can do. Do you know mm, what I mean? That's so it, fair. Doesn't, it doesn't really feel like he would add anything. I mean, maybe if we get him for cheap and he replaces Broyer, I guess from a financial perspective, it's a leg up, mm. maybe, but I, I don't know. I mean, my quick five pieces from the news are, I mean, many seasons of dreadful kits from Nike. So I, I, if it goes through, I can't wait to see what Air Jordan do for us. That'd be great. Uh, I, I know they're, asso- they're associated they- with Nike, but they're very different to the standard template. Didn't they do Liverpool's kits, Jordan? Oh, I don't know. A couple I really years, years cannot ago, remember. They were really good. There was, I think they did, but I'm not. I'm not I just, uh, I just always think of PSG. Yeah. 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 Their kits are class, to be fair. 
I'd forgot. So they're so linked with them that I can't really think of anything but PSG Mm. when you say that. I only realised today when I was looking them up, Converse did a collab with Liverpool once. Did they? Yeah. Converse are owned by Nike as well. So it kind of, that makes sense in a way. But I looked and went, oh, don't remember that. You know what? That reminds me of clubs doing like commercial stuff. There was something else in the news and it really grown my gears. It was really, (laughs) it really bothered me. Um, So the, the club, I think it was the club, or, or uh, someone put out on social media something that, that Chelsea were doing. It was at, at a women's game at Stamford Bridge, um, where there was someone like to to. I think for some uh, yeah. sponsorship purposes or whatever else, they had like a uh, a hotel room, like a hospitality yeah. thing, like set up for someone to like watch the game in, but like on the, out on the terrace on the mm. stand. Now in a, in a section where there weren't any fans, by the way, it wasn't a full stadium, and people were getting really up in arms about it being like what is you know what is happening to our club you know all the commercial stuff you know around our club you know we're a, we're a franchise we're not a club and it's like but you can't have your cake and eat it too like it, we want to we, we're always talking about going for the best players going for Oshman and Benzema and you know like the all the all we've been quite blessed as Chelsea fans really because most of the top targets we try to go for especially in player terms even in the last couple of seasons we get them and you can't be going for all, you know, you can't be going, saying on the one hand, oh, I want, you know, the, I, I, you can't be saying, I want the club to raise money and I want the club to be successful commercially. And at the same time, cringe every time something like this happens, because like, where are you going to get the money from? Like, it just, it just really annoys me because it's like people are like, the club needs to be successful financially. And it's like, oh, not like that. It's just, who cares? Like, yeah. oh, it just doesn't. I guess I care. <laughs> I, what one thing that I, I've got to bring it up. I've got to. It's what well, we don't. It's not official, but the rumors are quite strong. Tiago Silva. I, look, I am. I am. If it happens, I'm gutted. I'm devastated. It, it, it's like losing my favorite baking tin. I knew one day it would happen. I, I wish him the best. I do. He's a legend in our history. And I do hope to see him back at the bridge as a coach or just in some capacity one day. I didn't realise when we signed him how integral he would become in our club's history. Because I think a Champions lot of people thought he would be a stopgap signing. Yeah, it's just... It, it, look, he's going to be 40 in September. So I know he's not. He's 40. He's 39 to so he's 40. But <laughs> yeah, the thing is, he's not going to be at us club forever and if he wishes to you know go back to brazil and finish his career with i think it's fluminense is the rumor i i, I think you, you can't you can't say oh no you gotta stay you know you gotta wish him the best so it's a shame though if it I think it's I fair, think... totally fair to him and what he wants to do if that is what he wants to do but i think it i think that we're missing a massive trick by having him in the um in potch's coaching stuff i really do because you don't lose yeah. that experience he gets to stay around with the team mm. and the squad he still gets to play he doesn't have to move city doesn't have to move country his family can stay because his kids are in the academy as well yeah. like it just strikes me that like that would be the best option but nobody is even considering it from what i can tell and it it seems like a weird thing for a player who's so close to retirement mm. Mm. yeah I, I, uh, I didn't realise how good Thiago Silva was until we signed him. Like, mm, like yeah. I always knew he was good, but I, I think until you watch him every week, you actually don't notice how good he is. And I think he, he'll, I think he's got to be considered now as the partner to John Terry in our best Premier League. He's, he's definitely pushing Carvalho for that, pay, that yeah. place. hundred yeah. percent. He's top three, if not top two. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that's a hot take. I think that's spot on. Right. 
double match report today. Uh, first up, we've got Chelsea women. They took on Real Madrid in their penultimate Champions League game of the campaign. Here is that match report. In a tightly contested first half, both Chelsea and Real Madrid showed glimpses of attacking intent, but they just struggled to find the cutting edge in front of goal. Despite confident approach play from Chelsea and a flurry of chances, particularly from the likes of Fran Kirby and Aaron Cuthbert, the opening 45 minutes ended without either side managing to break the deadlock. However, that momentum shifted in the second half as Chelsea intensified their attacking pressure. It was it was a decisive moment when Neve Charles was brought down in the box, leading to a penalty. Uh, Gural Wrighton calmly stepped up to convert from the spot, giving Chelsea that deserved lead. Yet, that advantage was just so short-lived as Real Madrid swiftly responded with a goal of their own. Uh, Hannah Hampton made an initial save, but the rebound fell kindly to Athenia who made no mistake in finding the back of the net, levelling the score at 1-1. Despite this setback, though, Chelsea showed resilience, determination, and they just regained control of this game. And the effort paid off when Cuthbert's low cross took a, a fortunate deflection off a Madrid defender, and it ended up in the back of the net, 2-1. Then, with the introduction of Lauren James at half-time, there was that, that, was that fresh attack, you know, fresh impetus. And we might have only ended 2-1, but Chelsea's defence was pretty solid and it ensured that we were able to hold on to a very vital victory. And at the end of the day, it means that we have qualified for the quarterfinal stage and we will hopefully avoid the likes of Lyon and Barcelona in that quarterfinal draw. So, Chelsea 2, Real Madrid 1. Chelsea worked hard at home against the mighty Madrid. But we get the win. It seals the place in the quarterfinals. Job done. We probably now won't face Leon or Barcelona in the uh, quarterfinals, which is good. I mean, thoughts in general, Chris, on it? Um, I thought it was a decent enough performance. I just think it highlighted how much we're missing Sam Kerr. I think mm. when, when Lauren James doesn't play, without Kerr, we just miss something and this game highlighted why I think we're going for a striker still uh, mm. because Mia Fischel to be fair I think she's she looks like a decent player and, and, and she scored a couple of goals but I think she's still adapting and I think mm-hmm. she's still got a long way to go before you would consider her to be the starting striker for a team like Chelsea uh, so I, I I I just think overall it was sort of a job done performance, um, but I think it would have been more comfortable if we had Sam Kerr playing because I just think we created a lot of sort of half chances in the first half, especially um, that I think Kerr would have would have turned into bigger chances than they were. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, apart from well, you, you're spot on. My takeaway from this game was just the performance from Ashley Lawrence. I mean. She's, she was putting in the work, especially, she, she's, to be fair, not just once against Madrid. She she did it in the other game. You know, that's that she showed up twice in this group against Madrid. And mm-hmm. yesterday when I, I watched her, you know, I felt she was switching gears, playing more like a classic fullback. And you know what? She held down that side like a fortress. It was a sight to behold. Yeah. It was bloody awesome. And you know what? If she steps up even more in the attacking part of her game... Something special. 
I think <laughs> over the last two games, she started to look like the player that we was all so excited exactly. about when we signed her. Exactly. I mean, the stats alone in the 90 minutes, it was 60, 69 of 77 accurate passes completed, 110 touches, two successful dribbles, 13 passes in the final third, two tackles won, eight recoveries, five or seven ground duels won. Getting back to her best, which is what yeah. we need at this club. And it was bloody brilliant to watch. It really was. So next up is Brighton. So <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not quite the same Brighton as, uh, you know... We're always scared of hearing that word, but yeah, yeah. hopefully I, mean, I twitch every time anyone oh, ever says Brighton. We should be, we should, hopefully we'll be positive again after the weekend. Uh, we move to the League Cup semi-final match report. This one's sponsored by the Sixth Sense because I never saw the twist coming that Chelsea would score six from six shots. I really didn't. Yes, Chelsea won 6-1 against Borough. We storm our way to Wembley. Who who stood out for you in your winners section? I've got four winners. I couldn't make three. Bloody hell, I've got three. Wow. I just thought... I, I've got three, but I could have had more um, if, if I, I really wanted to. Same, but I followed the rules. <laughs> nah, come on. <laughs> go on. Go on, Chris. Go on. I didn't. <laughs> right, oh, go on, Chris. Go on, Chris. Um, ben Chilwell. He's I on mine. I'm, I'm mine. <laughs> yeah, I thought man. he was... I thought he was excellent I, I, because I worried a bit um, with it being his sort of first start coming back from injury and yeah. you just never really know, do you, how it's going to go. But I thought he looked he looked super fit. He looked really sharp. He really added an attacking threat to us. I think, I think Chilwell's movement off the ball is incredibly underrated, um, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. by people who like to criticise him. Like that section of Chelsea fans who don't like him for no reason at all. Yeah. But I just think his movement off the ball really adds something to our attack. And he was unlucky not to score with the header. Um he played a great pass for the for Sterling for the for the opening goal, mm-hmm. the outside of his left foot coming on the inside. I just thought overall he, he for really a first start he was class. As well, that we just don't seem to have when he doesn't yeah. play. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, getting him back in that starting lineup, it's like having your favourite dish after a week of bland meals. He, he was a game changer for us. And and to just see him back in his natural spot at left back, it was like a cherry. It was a cherry on top. Yeah. I mean, finally, I mean, people tend to just forget how much impact this guy brings to the table for us. Because ever since he joined, he's been one of the keys to this squad. And now he's back on the pitch. He's wearing the armband. He's leading like a true boss. And now, if if he just keeps those fitness levels up and they keep going up, mark my words, we're in for a lot more wins when he's on the field, rather, yep. obviously, than nursing an injury in the medical room. It's the boost we needed. I'm, I'm just so is, glad that he's back. Is it is it is it worth being a bit cheeky and saying, like, it's the first time we've actually properly played players in their actual positions and, and we won and scored six goals? Well, I think that's definitely. Yeah, I think it. I think it's fair. I think the only person who was out of position would be De Sassi, really. Um, yeah, and he did all right. He did really. I thought well, he was yeah. really good as well. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think it's a fair comment. I don't know. It's, it's not a criticism on Poch, really, because we won six one. But it's like, you know, it, we looked so much more fluid. We looked so much more balanced. With you know, with having actual centre backs at centre back and full backs at full back, it just. I don't know. For me, it seems like the right the right thing. Maybe it's the 
Potts just hasn't trusted anyone else to play there other than Colwell, maybe, mm, yeah. I guess. Uh, you know, and Gusto on occasion as well, and Cucurella a bit, but mostly Colwell. I, it's just interesting to see what will happen with the squad now, with Chuwell coming back and starting well. I think he'll need to manage his minutes. So I think we're going to yeah. see a lot more of Colwell still at left-back before before he's back full-time. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull the stat up because someone had mentioned about how many games that... Reese James and Chilwell have played together. It's 11. And it, it's, is it really that many? Wow. It's about it's about eight or 11 or something like that. I'm just trying it's, to it's, find it's it. It's certainly less than 20. I did note it down. I've lost it. <laughs> of course I have. Uh, Reese James. And... It could be three, you know. <laughs> it could be none. To be honest, it could, it could be, be one. None. could be one. Just yeah. one game. That one game against Juve about three years ago. Well, appar- yeah. appar- apparently he's played 63 times with him. Doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like that at all. That, uh, that can't be right. Well, hey, I'm just, just, they must have both been on the pitch at the same time. So that's what it says. They've, had, they've added England into that. They've added <laughs> England and both of them being in the same squad, like one of them being on the bench or something, for sure. Because I think, I swear to God, together they haven't played 20 games together. Well, it does feel that way. It does. I mean, Chris, you know what? We've all got Chilwell as a winner. So who's your next winner? Uh, just mentioned him, De Sassi. Mm. Um, fair, fair. He had a really good game. Yeah, I, I think um, the surprise was how much he actually got forward as well. He A, a bit like uh, My number Colwell nine. in the... <laughs> yeah, a bit like Colwell in the last game, really, when he played left back, and I said that he actually played like a left back. De Sassi played right back and played like a right back rather mm. than a centre back playing right back. Um, I th- I thought his goal was excellent. Like, yeah, took it really such well. A, it was such a good goal because it's the sort of goal we haven't scored in a long time, where someone's won the ball back and then we've just broken in three passes. We've scored it. it it was the sort of counter-attack that we, we haven't really seen since Conte. Um, excellent finish. Thought he was strong in his whole game, actually, to Sassi. I, I think, for again, another player who gets a lot of unfair criticism for mm. someone who cost us what is, you know, in today's market, a minimal fee. I, 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 I just think sometimes he's overly criticised, so I think he deserves some praise when he does, when he does well. Yeah, I think that's bloody fair. Yeah. Well, who's a winner for you, Ollie? Uh, I have uh, Cold Palmer <laughs> gets goal. It, it scores scores again. Wait, uh, he got did he get one or two? I can't even remember now. But he he did really got really two. well. Yeah, he got two, didn't he? he? Just a really another really good performance in terms of finishing from Palmer. Uh, you know, he's just he's really dragging this club through this season a lot. Like he. I think it, it's fair to say without him doing well, I think a lot of our other players wouldn't be doing as well. And I think we'd be, yeah, oh, we'd, we'd probably be in the relegation zone, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to give him his flowers because, uh, you know, as well, because he, he struggled in the first leg against Middlesbrough and in the second, he, he's done much better and kind of almost like righted that wrong, as it were. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually really glad with Palmer, you know, that he had that game against Middlesbrough. Because we've seen it so many times where a player for Chelsea is doing really well, then has one bad game, and then they just forget how to play football for the next two years before they get sold. And like it was really good to see him have a really bad game and then come back and be outstanding in the following two games. And that's that's a sign of a player who I think is going to go on and be a really is. special. 
Yeah, I I fully agree. Um, and he's what's he up to now? Is it's like he's got like thirteen goals or something? Like it's, it's quite yeah. it's quite a lot of goals and assists. Ten goals, something 13. like that. He, yeah, he scored a. a uh, I think he's. Um, I think he's now scored more goals than Mount in one of his seasons. One of his mm. better seasons, I think. Right. My second winner was confidence because some might argue, and I've seen it on social. Oh, it's just a championship club. Hold up. We just put six past them. If and they beat us the first time. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. look, if, if we'd have just squeaked through with a narrow 2 nil, maybe there's some doubt there. I'll allow that. But we straight up destroyed Borough. Let's be real. We scored from every shot we took. We hit a bullseye with every arrow. It was precision. And the confidence now that's coursing through this team, it must be off the charts i mean we've we've punched our ticket to the cup final that's not just big it's colossal because it's the kind of result that is the bedrock for building winning culture at a football club and i am absolutely convinced if we can win this trophy i think that will set us on the right path also um doesn't make in the final now, and with it being against liverpool who are definitely going to finish in the top four doesn't that guarantee us a place in europe I don't no, know. I think we have to win it. I think we have to win it. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that only came in if the team who won it didn't qualify for Europe. Then I think we'd have to come fifth, maybe, and or something like that. Like I guess we'd have to come somewhere, and uh, maybe it would bump a bump a place. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna have a look quick. Okay. It says here: Does if the winner has already qualified for Europe through their league finish, uh, if they do. If Man City, so this is the example, uh, right, or winning either the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. The res- it's reserved for the character goes to the highest placed Premier League side that's not already qualified. It would go to that fifth, sixth or whatever spot. Oh, uh, so, okay. Not runners up, sadly. That's no. So that, that's a, it's a, it's a good segue actually into my, um, my next winner from what you said, Mikey, um, about a winning culture of standards. Mm. Um, because, I I got a bit of slack in some of my conversations I was having with some some of my mates and stuff before the game saying we should absolutely breeze past Middlesbrough and anything other than you know I and I said this I've got the receipts in my in my message I said <laughs> anything less than four five six goals you know is and I'm not really going to be convinced otherwise I think the tie is kind of unsalvageable you know especially with how poor we were in the first one but credit to him uh, credit to uh, the credit to the team and credit to Potts because we we went out and we absolutely destroyed them to be honest mm. and, yeah. and it was one of our better games yeah it was a total mismatch but it was supposed to be it was, mm. and, and in the first game it really wasn't so we I, I'm very happy about us setting the standard that way and, and saying no there's not going to be a, an upset today like there's going to be absolutely no chance and we proved it yeah 100% right we've all got one winner left you know what my winner is the we're back department, because I heard that they were absolutely flooded with calls on Tuesday night because there was <laughs> claim after claim. I mean, just listen to these stats. Only Ollie Watkins, 22 goals, 22 involvements, has been involved in more goals for Premier League clubs in all competitions amongst English players this season than Cole Palmer, who has 20, 13 goals, seven assists. Chelsea as well. Hang on. Isn't it like Bellingham's the only other one who's like under 21? Pro- yeah. That sounds. I would agree with that without even looking. I believe yeah. you. I believe you. 
Chelsea have scored the same amount of goals in all competitions this season, 51, as they did in the whole of the 22-23 season. That's it's not the, hard. Well, yeah. it's still, still improvement, let's be honest. It's it certainly that. <laughs> uh, Chelsea, <laughs> had, it was the first time scoring six goals in a match since April of 2022. And wow. we had six shots, scored all six. I also found out that the lemon stocks, oh, they're stunkingly high after the win. So Poch's lemons, they've done it again. You can down a glass of lemonade in celebration. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. And I'm, I, I, we've, we've looked, we're looking better. It's nice to say. I know it's Middlesbrough. It doesn't matter. We're looking to, better. To be fair, the most unbelievable stat there was that, <laughs> is that we scored six from six. We did. Yeah. The shot yeah. accuracy was uh, off the charts. That's, um, a, that, that's another good segue, actually, for my next one, which is go um, on. which is chances. Uh, yeah. my, my final winner, which is chances. It, it wasn't necessarily in that we were creating loads of chances, although we were creating a fair few chances. Mm. It was the way we were taking them. And quite a few times, I remember Palmer's, I think it was his second goal, as well as DeSazzi's goal, uh, both times taken first time without taking a touch. And yeah. one, that shows a bit of confidence, and I'm really happy to see that. But two, it also... I don't know. It shows there's like an urgency about, but an urgency, but a clinicality in terms of like choosing the best option at the right time to to score a goal. And I think a lot of our players, especially earlier in the season, would take a touch where both of them didn't. And and yeah. and it's it's just an interesting little thing to note that about that. It just it seems like something's just clicked. Maybe. Mm. What What about you, Chris? Who's your final winner? Well. Uh, I'll give an honourable mention first to Colwell, who I thought was really good um, mm-hmm. and could have could have made the list here. Um, At centre-back. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my final winner, though, is Raheem Sterling. Uh, and I'll tell you why it's Sterling. Because um, I don't think, I don't think by any stretch it was like his best game for us this season. But he has a knack at the minute, Sterling, of... Turning up in big moments and doing something, even if his overall game hasn't been great. He did it in our last game, winning the penalty, um, when I thought he had a pretty shit game aside from that. But again, it's the big moment and he stepped up. And in this game, he got the assist for the opening goal, which let's face it, was the most crucial goal of the night, wasn't it, really? Mm. Because the longer it went on without us scoring, the more nervy the game would have been. And I just think with Sterling, he he just has an ability to suddenly switch on and create a chance or score a goal in a game where he doesn't have to be in it all the time. And I do think those players are like invaluable at times. And again, Sterling's another one where I think expectation levels are a little bit too high on him and everyone wants him to be like hazard level every week and it's just not going to happen. Uh, yeah. But I actually think he's ha- he's he's quietly having an, a really really good season without getting much praise for it. Yeah, I think that's a fair. Ch- I think that's a fair shout. I really do. Uh we move as often. There's always losers. There's always losers. Usually more than winners, but not today. Two losers for me. First is uh, Craig Burley because whenever this man is on my screen. I'm not interested in anything he has to say about Chelsea. It's true. Well, it's true. He just slags us off all well, the time. Yeah. When his Craig face, Burley, you're an enemy of the show, mate. When his face appears, I'm muting. 
You know, he could tell me I just won five million pounds. I'd never know. I wouldn't pick the prize up. <laughs> He's just, I mean, here are some of his takes from the game. If you just wondered, listeners, if you thought, oh, I didn't get to see this. So Chelsea didn't create any of those goals. It was all Michael Carrick's management. If they don't give them those chances, Chelsea can't create. Chelsea's current run of form is just fragile confidence. He's a former blue as well. He's a knob. Doesn't show it. Does... No, it doesn't don't show... you know what? That is a more accurate. Yeah. I was. Oh, by bloody word! What? What? I guess I... he just really didn't Mute. like playing for us or whatever. Because like, like, I feel like our culture tends to like really get to players. You know, like, and we like a lot of them really become like family to us, even if they were like important in other places. But Craig Burley does not like us. Yeah, he, he <laughs> was at, all. He, he was at our club for eight years, longer than any other club. Seems to hate us. Oh man! Right, Fair enough, Craig. who who's a who's a loser for you, Ollie? Uh, first loser for me is clean sheets. Um, just just couldn't cap it off, make it the perfect evening, could we? Uh, but yeah, oh, listen, we're gonna we're gonna keep it short and sweet because, like, listen, we still scored six goals. We let one in. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just like it's just a bit annoying. Like when you've already crushed. Yeah. The opposition you've already absolutely you know you've done everything you can do everything went perfectly there's nothing else that you can do to make this go any better mm. except mm. just hold on to your lead like uh, like <laughs> i know it sounds stupid but hold on to the clean sheet because it really matters in terms i know of i know where you're coming from i just didn't care i was like you know no, I and, six. And it's fair not to care because we scored six goals but <laughs> yeah, it's just like i feel like pops would have been annoyed yeah, that's the coaches will that's have been annoyed. And, and, and that does irk you me. You know what's annoying yeah, about fair. it, though? Uh, it's the fact that I'm fed up of conceding good goals. It was a good yeah, goal. Yeah, that's what it? I he mean. Like, really a lot well. of the time, nine times out of ten, he gets that shot wrong and hits the defender or puts it wide or puts it... Yeah, or puts it two it down over, the middle and yeah. it's simple for the keeper. But it just seems like every time we make a tiny mistake, everyone turns into, like, Messy, and it's like I'll just fucking turn the corners. Yeah, like it's it, it, it does feel like that. It, it does really feel like you get punished like that for mistakes, but it's probably more that mm. <laughs> we're just yeah. conceding more than we used to. Right, yeah. Chris, who's right, a loser? I'm have a little rant here. Um, I've got football. Um, oh, because Jimmy uh, Bullard's not happy. I'm getting as, my popcorn out, ladies and gentlemen. As yeah, enjoyable same. as the game was for. For being a Chelsea fan, it also really mm. pissed me off because it's it was a a clear indication of how football is dead. We all enjoyed Guardiola's Barcelona, but that team absolutely killed football. Because why the fuck are Middlesbrough, who are one nil up in a two legged tie? <laughs> Coming away to a Premier League team and playing out from the back. like. But not only that, not only did they do that, which was absolutely ridiculously stupid, they kept doing it at 4-0 down. And it's like, you have conceded three goals from giving it away from playing out from the back. And as a manager, you've got... This half. No, we'll just keep doing it because that's how we play. The biggest thing, and I think being a coach, it annoys me more, but the biggest thing that has died in football coaching and management is adaptability. Coaches now have one way of playing, and it's Pep Guardiola's way, yeah. and they don't know what else to do. 
it's like that's not working today and they're like well i don't know what else you want me to do mate we play a high line and we play out from the back <laughs> so that's what we've got to do but it's not working <laughs> like spurs it. like the spurs it's thing so, against it's us so stupid and for me that's why football now is so much more boring you don't get you don't really get fair. upsets anymore because the team with the better players now just wins mm. because everyone's playing the same way. Whereas it used to be really hard because you come up against different styles and tactics and way of playing every week. But now it's like everyone tries to be Man City, but no one's got their squad. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think that's pretty It accurate, does feel yeah. like that. I th- and I think actually some of the better teams in terms of identity and in terms of just the way they... like. Uh, like in terms of just their standing as a as a club, it's it's interesting because they stand out more for not playing that way. Yeah. Like Everton under Sean Dyche really stood out like that to me. They don't play that way. Mm. They lump it long. They get the two big yeah. men, and that's what they do. You know, like and and that's fine. And that's the way that Dyche chooses to play, and been very successful everywhere he's ever managed playing that way. Mm. And you're right. It it feels, and I think that's the reason as well. People talk about players becoming so robotic now because yep. they are all playing the same way. They're exactly. all required to do the same things. Yeah. Ollie, who's a loser for you? Middlesbrough. Um, it's quite similar to <laughs> it's very similar to um, to Chris's point. It's just like they really shot themselves in the foot, and I think it's fair to say like it wasn't the best performance of the season from us. We did really well, but I think there are other games this season we've actually played better into a higher caliber than that game, and actually not even won. We were really clinical and we did really well, but Middlesbrough were absolutely shocking. They were absolutely woeful. They have their own injury issues and that's totally fair to them. But like Chris says, they should have come out immediately playing a, a playing a, a, a low block from minute one. That's what they should have been doing rather than faffing about playing at the back because they let they made so many they made it easy for us in the end. And when when you do that for your opponent and they are better than you, it's gonna kill you. Uh, it just seemed really naive from them. Hmm. Um, right, this is going to be interesting because my final loser is Mikhailo Mudrik. He's mine as well. He's on mine too. Wow. Now, I'll say why. In a match where... Because he was where... shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the too long, didn't read. Uh, look, in a match where it was hard to pinpoint anyone really having a rough game, he, he struggled to make an impact in that first half. And look, he, despite the pace, he, he failed to capitalise. And Pochettino was frustrated with the decision-making, and that, that he'd seen enough, hadn't he? He'd subbed him off at half-time. Yeah, rightfully so. Look, it's yeah. it's a reoccurring theme with Mudrick. You know, it's a sense of detachment from the team, even in games where he manages to contribute. Look, it's, n- it's not about lacking support from teammates or a shortage of, like, the overlaps. I kind of feel it's his positioning, his movement and decision-making. It's you know, that third one. It's his decision making. Yeah, that's what it is. It's en- Enzo was trying to link up with him throughout the game, but they just weren't on the same page. They were failing. He was well. He was failing to read the plays, and I'm not sure what the long term plan is here. But I could see all parties benefiting from him going out on a loan in the Definitely. summer. That's not. I know some people are going to be being. I've seen on social being harsh on him. I want him to succeed. I really do. He, I just right now. I he just needs that confidence. I feel like he he might be overthinking everything. Maybe, and, although I am one of those people actually on social media who is saying I, I think we're being too harsh on him because if there's one thing that that Mudrick has really shown us since he's got here is that he's inconsistent as all hell. Hmm. And I don't really see how this particular poor performance of 45 minutes was any different to his last particular poor performance. 
and so as a result, you know, that because he has two good games and he gets dropped out of the team, then he has to wait two, three games to come back in, comes back, doesn't do very well, then he'll come back and again and he'll do a bit better. I think I heard he was injured potentially as well, a mm. slight knock, maybe I don't know, but maybe Potts just said that to keep his uh keep his keep his chin up. But for me, I don't really get the out like he is a loser for me because he was the worst player, but I also don't really get the outrage he, on the basis that we know he's inconsistent and we know games like this are going to happen. So why are people still surprised? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think the thing is with Mudrick and I think why it's frustrating is you would accept it if he was 18, 19, but he's like 22. And it's, but he is like 18, 19 in like footballing, like in, in senior minutes, he kind of is. Yeah. But I think the most concerning thing with Mudrick is he doesn't seem to have any understanding of football at all. Like he's got no, <laughs> wow. he's got no, he's got no tactical understanding whatsoever. He doesn't know when to come short, when to go in behind, when to come inside, when to stay wide. It's like he, he he's he doesn't understand the game because he's. It looks to me like a player who, because he's always been so quick. No one's ever actually coached him because it's been so easy to just exploit the fact that he's quick, that he hasn't needed to. Um, I think he he would benefit massively from a loan move to a team where he's going to get coached, but also play. Because I think yeah. Potts could coach him, but I don't think he's going to be good enough to play in our team to to put into practice the things he's getting coached at. So I think a loan move away under a good manager who's going to coach and nurture him, but also play him every week would be yeah. the best option. Because uh, okay. at the I minute, I just don't you. see him growing. But, I, I, but I, I I, do think what he lacks, can, like what he lacks can be taught for me. I think yeah, I mean, it's it oh, it yeah, what it, it comes down to. Because I've seen a lot of people, and maybe this is why I've been defending him a bit, is because people on social media saying he's literally useless, he's the worst footballer I've ever seen, can't drive a ball, can't do this, can't do that. And I'm like, no, he's good enough to get here. Mm. Maybe he's not good <laughs> yeah. enough to be the superstar you think he could have been, like he should have been when we bought him. I, I but, feel, yeah. I, I, feel I don't know. Was... Like, it, it, like yeah. He's not the worst player we've ever had, and we know he's inconsistent. No. And so, yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. It, the, but Chris, least... Chris, sorry Chris you did make me laugh because <laughs> you basically said you know like if you would took him and actually sat down next to him and said you know you, you know your problem Misha is actually you just don't understand the game at all <laughs> I mean I'm, I mean, I'm you know, one you, so... you just did... have no idea what you're doing <laughs> we did just answer Tom's question when he, he asked for our thoughts on Mudrick so there we go there you go Tom, yeah, there. Um, Tom. right who's um go, go for the rest of your losers uh, I've got uh, none. All I've, I've only got one left, and it's Go a really on. obvious one. And I think he's on my losers list every week. Broya, again, <laughs> just yeah, again, good, ch- a championship team. Again, we scored six in, didn't get a goal. Well, I've never he, seen he almost got a goal. Sort of, yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. No, he's not right. giving him that. No. Oh fuck me. <laughs> That's like the one where you well, know he kicked it earlier in the season. He kicked it against somebody and yeah. scored. Mm. Why is he taking a touch? The ball from Sterling isn't great. It's not the best pass I've ever seen, but just turn it in. The keeper's not in the goal. Nothing's going to stop the ball between you and the goal because it's completely open. So just turn it towards the goal. He tried to take a touch. If anything, Halson actually saved him because I think if he doesn't come in there or he comes in and makes a better challenge rather than putting it in with his knee and he comes in and puts it out, I think that's bro, you're done because that was Mm. the biggest moment in the game. 
Um, mm. I, I, I just think, no, I, I've seen absolutely nothing in him to suggest that he's going to be a good player. This season, mm. I've seen enough, I think, from Breuer. I, maybe it sounds harsh because of the, you know, of, because he's still arguably recovering from his injury, but you reckon yeah. he probably should be really back to full fitness by now. And yeah. if this is just his new level, then it's not enough. It just isn't. Right. Uh, emojis, I've got big smile because I was just smiling that we scored six. Yeah. Uh, should I've also, with, yeah. I will, I've actually gone with the shrug emoji. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, you know, it like when you shrug, you sort of say whatever will be, will be. Because mm. we're going to Wembley, <laughs> we are indeed, Chris. Um, I'll go with just a just a the general smile because I was happy that we. I was happy, obviously, with how the game went, hmm. but I am more of a. I would have preferred to have been sat on the edge of my seat in ninety minutes, like two 0 up, thinking, "Oh, we could concede a goal here." I, I do just find those games a bit boring. Um, no, I like it when we trash everybody. It hasn't happened in so long. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Oh, right. We move to the Lion of the Week, but it was the Lion of the Midweek because um, we had some Lion Midweek picks. Uh, we had Kaiseido, that was me, Sterling, and Palmer. That, those are win. Those That's two hit out the park. Well done. Uh, next my pick. I can't, I can't remember one of those I wasn't, two. I wasn't there. Who did oh. I pick? Uh, oh, you could have claimed that. Ollie, Ollie had bro, yeah. Yeah, ah, good shout. Crap. Brilliant Damn shout. It. Damn it. Uh, next up is Villa in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And that's why we're recording today, because it's tomorrow. Um, uh-huh. Who are you choosing? I can spin my wheel now if we want. Yeah, please do. Spin Go ahead. You can you can have a little thing, because I'd probably get an injured player. What's the wheel say? Oh, well, I hope it's not Robert Sanchez. It was about to let Carney, Chukwameka. Oh, that could be a high oh, risk. High risk, high reward. High risk, he it. might play. He is back in full team. I know. Training. Yeah. I'm going to go with Noni Madueke. I'm going to go with your man. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Ollie, I was just thinking the same. That's weird. Oh, um, pick him if you want. Yeah. No, I'll pick, I'll pick someone different. Keep it, keep it interesting. Um, who shall I go with? I'm going to go with... Colwell. Nice. Nice. Hopefully uh three 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 points. You don't get points in the FA Cup. Hopefully we <laughs> win. That's good enough. Hopefully uh, three goals and none. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh let's head to Charisma's questions. We've got two. We've got Greg on the Discord has asked question for you lads. Do you do we really need a striker this January? Or was DeSalsi's movement up front our option? <laughs> he played he played as a striker until under sixteen level, we're told. There you go. There you go. Everyone... Problem, problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Every, I mean, everyone... if nothing else, it's, I mean, it's different. He could be the sort of target. We, yeah. striker. we yeah. used to ask about Alonso up front and he never got yeah. a chance. Um, yeah, I think he if should, Alonso... He should have. If, Alon- if, if the greatest striker of our generation, <laughs> Marcus Alonso, didn't get a chance up front, Dezazzi's gone though. You know <laughs> what? For the final 15 minutes of a game, I'd love to see him get a run there. Why not? I re- Honestly, I was crying out when we knew Lonzo was leaving. I was in his last game. I was just like, just play him up front, just for forty-five minutes. <laughs> I if he agree. Scores, new contract on the table. Bloody right, <laughs> right. Uh, and Thomas has asked, what do you guys think will be the total goals and assists contribution for Palm by the end of the season? He's on eighteen with nineteen guaranteed games left. By the way, how many? Um, how many goals and uh, like? What is the split of his goals and assists? Do we know? Uh, he's on 13 goals, so that would be five assists. 13 and five. Okay. I think he's going to get to 21 goals and Ooh. nine assists. Wow. 
Oh, Depending cool. on FA Cup progress, of course. 19 guaranteed yes. games if we get through more games. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I think with him taking penalties, I don't think Ollie's going to be far off. I, I've just made it just a 30 goal and assist season. So it's quite a big season in your breakout year. But I'm going to say 20 goals, seven assists. Okay, okay. I think, you know what? I think that's actually more realistic. 20 and 10, 20 and 7. Form drop off a little bit in the second half of the season when there's not as much to play for. But we'll see. But then again, we might have something to play for. We'll we'll, we'll see. I'm thinking with assists as well, it's very dependent on people actually scoring. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's a good point, yeah. Because if we get Benzema, he might have another 15. We are getting Benzema. (laughs) It's not happening. I keep saying I know. Uh, Let me dream, okay? Oh, I will go 21 goals, eight assists. I'll go ambitious. I'll go ambitious. You know, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Eight eight assists, 21 goals. I'll put uh, that in the Burf Discord. Burf so said we... 40 goals. but 40, and... bloody hell. He's, he... yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Burf is really pissed off right now because... Uh, he's not turned up for the carousel. <gasps> and he and that... picked Bretonelli for Ryan yeah. <laughs> of the week as well. Oh, right. We, we know the category. Shocker. Well, we don't. We know that it's game categories. Uh, the category, though, this week is Pep Guardiola's most used players. Sorry, Chris. I know. I know. Guardiola's been mentioned oh, again. Here we go. <laughs> so I want you to name the top 30 players that ruined football. <laughs> no, that have made the most appearances <laughs> under the yeah, under football. Guardiola during his time with Barcelona, Bayern and Man City. And when I did this, I got all 30. But, but I want to stress this. I was shocked at how many Man City players made the list. There's a clue. I genuinely oh, okay. was shocked. But what? he has Hang been on, there a while. Why are you shocked? Yeah, he's been he's there He's been there the longest. I, I sort of forget that. I feel like he was at Barcelona for like a decade. But He wasn't there for very long. No, it doesn't. Right, clearly. Right. We will start with you, Ollie. Who've, who's the name? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. He's on there. Messi. He's on there. Of course he is. Uh, Sterling. <sighs> yep. Um, Busquets. Yes. Walker. Yep. Xavi. Yes. Mares. Yes. Iniesta. Yes. Fernandinho. Yes. Jordi Alba. No. Oh, no, you're gone. Oh. Oh, he's not but he played any. every game. <laughs> well, he, he couldn't have played that many. He, I'm going to go with John Stones. Um, well, uh, uh, that's just showing off, Ollie. You've already won. Oh, have I already won? Oh, sorry, I, you're right, John. To, <laughs> to, I thought I needed one more to win it. I will go oh, through them. As well. Go on, go for it, Chris. You've got... got, got Honourable mentions. I I, I can uh, think of a fair few more. Yeah, David it. Silva. Yeah, yeah. Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Uh, company. Uh, let me check. No. Gundogan. Wow. Yes. Foden. Yes. Edison. Yes. Rodri. Yes. Aguero. Yeah. Uh. Pedro. Yeah. 
stick to Valdez? Yeah. Poyo. Poyo. I think he's on it. He is. PK. Uh, oh, yeah. PK. No, I'm struggling now. <laughs> no way, dude. See what I mean? There's no way PK played more games than Jordi Alba. Jordi that... Alba literally used to sleep at the new camp because he was like, play on the pitch that much. <laughs> so, I don't know, like Ruben Diaz on there or something? Or yeah, he's on there. Maybe? Ruben Diaz. Who else is Danny, Al- Not... Danny Alves? Yeah. Who was the other one you said, Ollie? Neuer. Um, yeah. You've missed oh, out. I forgot about Neuer. You've... <laughs> yeah, you've got like Muller and stuff as well, haven't you? Like Philip yeah, yeah. Lam. Alaba, oh, no, Lam, no yeah. Lam wasn't on there. Any. So you oh. you missed out on Laporte, Jesus, Cancelo, Otamendi, and this one shocked me. Seydou Keita. Keita. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh. Laporte played more games under Guardiola than Jordi Alba did. <laughs> I need to ch- that, did... that makes no sense to me. That Surely is absolutely not. insane. I, it, you know what? It just shows how how short of a time he was at Barca, really, because he's just been at, at City for so much more time than that. I'm just going to check when, when Jordi Alba joined. City? Was it like 2015, 16, 16, 17, something like that? He's like so seven years or so. So well, I thought Jordi Alba was just part of that, you know, crew who just played every game for Barcelona. Let me just check. So he joined Barcelona in 2012. When did Guardiola leave? He left in 2012. That'll be why then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realise that myself. Who played, never... left, who played left back then for Guardiola's teams? Uh... Guardiola's like good Barcelona teams. Uh, I Adriano? can't think of another Barcelona. Who? Adriano? Remember him? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> yeah, it might be him. I don't yeah, know. Got... Someone Brazilian, ch- for sure. Let me look. Twenty. Uh, it'd be 2011-12, wouldn't it, Barcelona? Yeah, because that'd be his final season. I'm pretty sure it was Adriano. Let me check when they won everything. It was... They didn't have a recognised left back. Adriano and Abidal. Uh, oh, I'll be down. Yeah. 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 How long was he at Bayern for then? Because uh, I think three seasons, but I'll just double check that. I don't want to say that and be completely wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. He has. He's been at, at Man City. He was at father, Barcelona for four yeah. years. He was at Bayern for three, and he's been at City since 2016. Oh, I just, wow. you know what? We're wow, it's a long time. We should, we should have done absolutely everything to try and get him in 2016. Yeah. Oh, never mind. It, it, it is what it is. Right, we're at the end of another episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. Treat yourself well. We'll be back on Monday. Review the FA Cup against Aston Villa and Chelsea's women against Brighton. So, till next time, that is us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.